The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Wow, I cannot believe The Chris Sheeran Show is entering the last week of June already. I can't believe that The Chris Sheeran Show is happening this week, and I'm in Ohio. Wow. What is with that? This must be the magic of (laughs) pre-tape. We are giving you something, even though Lou is away. Uh, He's not away yet. (laughs) He is still sitting right next to me. Uh, So... Basically, you don't know when we taped this. Yeah, it is the Chris Sheeran Show, and as always, you know, you could hear it on the iTunes podcast. It's for free 99. Uh, just go to iTunes and uh, type in Chris Sheeran, and it'll pop up, and you hit uh, download, and away you go. It'll download to your smart device, and trust me, if you get this podcast, your device it's is smart. more than smart, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, so what Lou has decided to do for this preemptive uh this preemptive preempting recorded podcast there's some alliteration for you yahtzee i think we know what we're going to name this one <laughs> but Bridgeport our Burrs. yeah our receptionist extraordinaire you pitched very well slash poorly in that game you talked about two weeks ago no i'm just kidding anyway <laughs> sorry we'll find out i just hope i get here for the pregame or i hope that i got here for the pregame on time um, I'll have to tell Troy Benjamin, our super producer, that I will be here. I will just be in my uniform. Or that you were here. Maybe I could do – yeah, maybe I could do the show. Maybe I did the show in my uniform. Via satellite. I'm going to stop right now. You're uh, going to have to go back to listen to the show we did two weeks ago when we taped this. Yeah. Awesome. How about it? Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Brielle Saracini, our receptionist extraordinaire. The lovely and talented Brielle Saracini. Yes. Uh, has these cards – uh, it's called Table Topics Infomania, and it's sports-related. So what Lou, are gonna do, what Lou and I are going to do is we're going to ask each We're going to play 20 questions. Yeah, we're going to play 20 questions. And this is your podcast for this week. I, we'll, we'll have fun with it. We don't know yeah. now. We don't know what order these are in. We don't know what they say. We're just going to pick them up, kind of like Trivial Pursuit, read them, and get our natural reaction. And before, before we get into that, I must say that the Yankees played very well slash not so well on their last road trip slash homestand. I uh, can't wait to see who the Nets take tonight in the NBA draft, and I'm sure he'll turn out very well. And could you believe and the Warriors slash Cavaliers won, won the NBA championship? <laughs> and how about those Blackhawks slash Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, bringing it home for Chicago slash Tampa? We are covering all bases here on the Chris Sheeran Show in this preemptive pre-tape What's funny is by, by the time this airs, both of yeah. those series could be over. Yeah, pretty but much. who knows? Who, who anyway. cares? Anyway. All right, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Let's do it. This is the first one. During a cross-country road race, Lou, like the cannonball run, as it were, where's the one place you would take time to stop? Is it work safe if I say, like, the Anheuser-Busch Brewery? Sure. Or um, The one place I would take time to stop. This is a tough question for me for one reason. When I was 12, I drove cross-country with my parents, and we hit all of those gigantic milestones and huge places out west, starting at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway onto the Arch, the the Canyon, Vegas, L.A., Colorado, all that. So in a cross-country road race, the one place I would have to stop would probably be the one place I didn't get to spend a lot of time in that I wanted to or would have wanted to as I was a kid. And I would probably say Chicago. I've never been to Chicago. Well, I've been to Chicago once. As have I. On the outskirts, working. So I never mm-hmm. really got to enjoy it. I was only there for less than 24 hours. Were you at the uh, the Rosemont Horizon or whatever, the Allstate Arena? What it's called, whatever it's called now? Was it a Nets road trip? Or no, was it, a- it was actually a uh, a DePaul women's college basketball. Oh, so you were out in uh, Palos Heights? Is that where it is? Yes, I yeah. think so. Sarah Kustak and I called a game at her alma mater. Her alma mater, yes. yes. Dangerous um, three-point shooter. Yes, she was. Uh, she still is, by the way. She schooled Steph Bondi. You could see that video yes, somewhere. Yes, that's still. somewhere still on YesNetwork.com. With, with Kevin Garnett hooting and hollering after she took him to the hole. Anyway, uh, same question for me. Uh, wait, let me ask you this. You've seen the cannonball runs. I've also seen Rat Race, and my wife and I used the phrase on Prairie Dog in it very often. Well, you know who, I didn't about. see Rat Race. I saw the cannon, both yeah, cannonball I've runs. I've seen them both, too. Who, yeah. would you, who would you liken yourself to be in those cannonball runs? Who would you want to be in those cannonball run movies? You have to say the answer's got to be Burr Reynolds, right? So you want to be in an ambulance or a diplomatic um, limo? you got to be the diplomat in the limo. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he was a general. 
He wasn't a diplomat. He was just in a uh, whatever. But you get that right. situation. He, he, I mean, that's I. I would have been Sammy Davis Jr. and <laughs> Dean Martin. That that would have been me. Maybe this is the wacky races. Maybe you're like Captain Caveman in Penelope the, in the Flintstone mobile. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if it uh, me on a cross country road trip, wow. I, I did one too. I drove back. I used to live out in San Francisco. I drove all the way back on Route 80. Uh, I did it in two and a half days. I didn't really stop too much. I think I slept. I stopped at a hotel. It was the Bates Motel uh, in Nebraska. And my car broke down. I had to get it fixed. I got back on the road. I didn't stop driving until I got home. Somewhere near the Amana colonies in Iowa. But I met so many nice people on the way home in that two and a half days. But driving through everything... Uh, let's say on Route 80, the one place that I, I wish I would have stopped and I had time to pull over and just drank it in a little bit, and it's a weird thing, but it's also sports-related, the Field of Dreams field in Iowa. Iowa. Uh, that's one place where I would like to stop, just sit there, take some pictures, and drink that in for a little bit. If this were a cross-country race in the winter, which would make things a lot more interesting in some of the western and northern states – my my backup choice would probably be somewhere in Colorado because we didn't spend a lot of time there either on that road trip and it was July so it wasn't Colorado's beautiful any time of year but in the winter there's just something about the mountains and the snow and kind of ha- going to hang out in Aspen in the winter would probably be fun even though I don't ski Memphis and Nashville too yep. those are a couple of places I'd like to go that I've never been as well so here you go oh well, you got I have one because yes, okay. I want I th- this is the one I use as an example okay. but we thought it was good. what's the best halftime entertainment you've seen. In person or on TV? Just or? period. You know what? There's two. Uh, the first one has to be after September 11th, the U2 at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was amazing. Phenomenal. When they scrolled all the names of the people who passed away on the screen behind them. Um, and then I'd have to say – I'd have to go Bruce Springsteen. Well, they were playing All That You Can't Leave Behind at that point, yes, weren't they, they right? Were. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It was, that it was, was powerful. It was just unbelievable. And then Bruce Springsteen a couple years later. Yeah. And I think that was the Giants' first win over the Patriots. I believe so, I'm yeah. Not mistaken, yeah. Which made it even more I could go nipple. I could go Nipplegate, but I'm not going to do that. That was – okay, uh, Left Shark. I mean, Katy Perry this year, Left Shark. That's I, What is Left Shark? I, I, I have no idea he was, what Left Shark is. So she was doing Roar or whatever song it was, and she's wearing this, like, ridiculous outfit, right. and everybody was just looking at two very large spots in the middle of the screen. Right. And the sharks behind her – California girls. The sharks behind her were dancing, and the one on the left was just, like, that little kid at the dance recital that was picking her nose and not paying attention all the whole time, so she had no idea what's going on, you know? You'll get to that when your children take yeah, those I, lessons. I, I never – I, 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 I was oblivious. Left Shark was just doing whatever the hell was coming to mind, and it was a spectacle of hilarity and memeness uh, throughout that. I, I was going to say if halftime entertainment counts like seventh inning stretches and things like that, to be honest, Bernie Williams playing Take Me Out to the Ball Game in Jeter's That's last game cool. in Boston yeah. was, uh, was kind of cool. Um, Say you know, what you want about you know the Red Sox, their fans and their organization, but they've got a lot of class. They I do. told somebody the other day that they had actually asked the Yankees if and Jeter if, if he wanted Bob Shepard's intro played in his final right. games in Boston. Yeah, and Derek said no because he didn't want to take that out of Yankee Stadium. But I mean that just kind of shows you rivalry yeah. aside, the respect they have for 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 baseball and for Derek and for all that. So I mean yeah, like you said, they're you know we hate them as Yankees fans, but. There's, there's, it's like, it's like that them. West Mantooth Ron Burgundy hate. Yeah. You leave Dar- Man- Dorothy Mantooth She out is of a it. saint. She is a saint. All right. Next one. Do you have a bucket list of places you'd like to play your favorite sport? <sighs> no, because only if you know they, what? Yes oh. and no. Because my favorite sport is baseball. So mm-hmm. I've played. You know, we played softball on the field in Trenton. I've, you know, I've played on the field at a um, couple other smaller stadiums in, in softball games and things like that. You know, high school, grown up. So no, in the favorite sport, absolutely. Do I have a bucket list of golf courses I'd like to play at some point in life? So I guess that's a yes or no. I mean. Obviously, you know, as a golfer, you want to play Pebble Beach. You want to play somewhere in England. You know, I've played Bethpage Black. I've played K 
Kiwa Islands Ocean Course, which is where the 2012 PGA was. Parred a hole from the PGA nice. Tees. Holla! It was a par three, but still. Who cares? Um, so I've played a couple of really great courses. You know, I've played Foxwoods. Um, and it's great because I'm playing again later this summer. And Jimmy Hanlon, the 18 Holes of Jimmy Hanlon show, they re-aired uh, the Foxwoods episode a couple weeks ago. And I was, like, taking notes. <laughs> Getting ready for that. But, you know, yeah, Pebble you know, Pebble Beach, Pinehurst number two, you know, obviously I'll never play Augusta, but I have a bucket list of golf courses I'd like to play. Um, I'd have to say rebuild the old Yankee Stadium, and I'd love to play uh, a game in yeah. there. I'd love to pitch on that mound in that old stadium. Um, I have played at McCombs Dam Park, which is the old Yankee. Yeah. It's not the same. But. Yeah. Um, I used to play tennis a lot when I was growing up. But tennis and baseball actually kind of corresponded in the same season, so I couldn't play both, and I played baseball. But I wouldn't mind heading over to the All All England Club, All England yeah. Club, and playing on some Wimbledon grass over there. Um, It'd be fun to play on the red clay at Roland Garros oh, too. Yeah, Completely yeah. different game. I, I would love to to do the French Open clay and also the All England Club. That would be tremendous. Uh, and as far as golf, I mean, the only Pebble. Yeah, I know I'm not. Um, how do I do this PC for the show? Uh, I'm not qualified enough <laughs> to, to, play, <laughs> to play at Augusta. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Pebble would be, Pebble would be okay with My brother-in-law has played Pebble Beach. He said it was a lot of fun, but it's as hard as you think. I don't care. I'll, I'll lose all my balls. See, my, my thing is, is I had that video game for Genesis when I was a kid, the Pebble Beach Golfing's video game. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. know that course well. Doesn't mean I would shoot well on it, but I know like... And how can we know. forget St. Andrews? I mean, yeah. who wouldn't want to go over there? I just said anywhere, like any yeah. Lynx course in, in England. The one where Jean Vandeveld was in a bunker that was 35 feet deep and couldn't get it. I mean, you know. <laughs> I quit. What's next? Oh, what sports nickname would you choose for yourself? For myself? You can't choose your own nickname. That question is bogus. Yeah. Unless you're Joe Girardi, and then you know your nickname is just your last name with a Y added. Girardi. Shearney. Shearney. Oh, well, that is my nickname, actually, yeah. on the Bridgeport Brewers. I'd be Louie. Shearney. Shearney. Yeah. Outstanding yeah. game, Shearney. You battle them all the way. Yeah. That hasn't happened in a while. No. All right. Let's, let's do this, then. You give me one, and I'll give you one. You want me to give you yeah. one? If you were going to pick a sports nickname for me, because you can't choose your own nickname. It's just that's bad juju. All right. Um, DP. I like it. I was a shortstop in Little League. There this you body, go. This so, body wouldn't, you know. So it fits. You wouldn't know it by this body. But DP. Yeah. Uh, or Petey. Petey. Yeah. Yeah. See, Shearney is the obvious one for you, because yeah. you know, you've got that last name. Uh-huh. <sighs> it's tough. <laughs> I mean... You're not going to offend me. Chief. Chief. Like, I would just come up with Chief. Like, something like, like you know, something something like that. You know, maybe because of your, what you have above the neck, something military, like the colonel or, uh, on you know. my On my championship ring that I won in New Jersey uh, back in 2008, where my name goes, it's, it's my nickname from that team, and it was C-Dot. Because my brother and I both played on the same team. So C. Sheeran and James, James, Sheeran? James, no, Michael, but oh, Michael. Okay. James Dolan, who is now a state trooper in the state of New Jersey, uh, not the owner of the Knicks, uh, Billy Madison, Jimmy Dolan. Uh, he says, you know, he'd coach third. Uh, and he, when we were up, he would say, come on, C dot. Shern hot, you know, he just like, S dot barber. You remember yeah, when Sean yeah, Barber yeah, did yeah, that for a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Michael S. was Carter. Michael was M dot. He has M dot on his ring and I have C dot. Those were those are the names when Jay Z came out with his shoes uh ten years ago or whatever, the mm -hmm. S dot Carters. Mm -hmm. We started that season two and three and ended up twenty one and five. My softball team started a season eight and zero last year, and we didn't win a single game the rest of the season and lost in the first round of the playoffs. Yikes. So that's yeah, I I've seen the opposite. Oh, you can't predict softball, Susan. Oh. <laughs> All right, let me on in this. let me reach into the old. Uh, I have no idea. That's going back in. <laughs> oh, is that the Title Nine one? Yes, it yeah, was. I saw that too. <laughs> what, the what changes were you Title? I don't know. Uh, I, like, okay, yeah. if you could live anywhere, where would you choose to live? I don't know what that has to do with sports, but. 
Anywhere, huh? Anywhere. I got mine, Hawaii. I, I go I go to Hawaii. You know, me and my friends always used to talk about how come I just want to be off the grid. How come we don't move to like St. Thomas and buy a bar and just play golf all day and own a bar yeah. in the Caribbean? Now you're talking running scared. The only um Billy Crystal. Yeah. I gotcha. Gregory Hines. The only to be honest, if it were voluntary, the only place I would ever like hope to move outside of this area is back to the Philly area. Okay. Um just because Ideally, anywhere in the world, anytime, I think it would be fun to live in San Diego. Maybe it's San Diego. You're I don't close know. Close to Tijuana. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy cities named for whales' intimate parts. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's what it means. No, I think no. it means St. Diego. Yes. I love lamp. Um, <laughs> bears. Uh, uh, actually, though, that or maybe 10 years ago, me, who used to love going to the bars in Stanford and listening to cover bands and having a few beers and enjoying mm-hmm. would probably say Austin. Tejas? Would be a cool place to live, yeah. But like I said, right now, then right now, me, if I could move anywhere, like, realistically, voluntarily, I mean, I would move. If, if I... If a, if somebody came knocking down my door with a job offer, making oodles of money, doing something awesome, and it was in Minneapolis, you know, I would obviously have to think about it. But if you, if I win Powerball, I will become Kamala the Ugandan giant and be from parts unknown. You will not find me, no matter how hard. Well, he's from Uganda. That's the thing. Oh yeah, that's right. Who is the from parts? There were a lot of the Ultimate Warrior. For the Ultimate there were a lot of guys. Sorry, I mixed my wrestlers. It's been a while since I've watched that nonsense. But anyway, I'm sorry to offend you. <laughs> but you'd go off the grid. You're saying I'd go off the grid. Uh, there would be no more Twitter. Uh, there would be no more Facebook. You would not be able to find me. Hmm. See, if that were me, I would do like the the celebrity thing. I'd probably have like a house on the West Coast somewhere. My wife likes, loves to ski. I don't. So I'd probably have a house in either Vermont or Colorado and maybe like just for the hell of it, like a villa in Tuscany or something. Maybe but. move to Montenegro or something. I don't know. I'd re- Montserrat might be more Montserrat. my alley than Montenegro. But <laughs> what would it take to get you to run a marathon? Oof. Um, with my knees, Ed, <laughs> I'm not running any marathon. Uh, so that's my answer. I, I would never do it because uh, my I have to save my knees for walking. I ran cross country when I was in high school. I played basketball. I played baseball. I played football. I'm trying to uh, save these babies for as long as I can. Could, maybe then your nickname I'll give you. You remember the Full House episode where Danny Tanner talked about his wrestling prowess and said his nickname no. was the Steel String Bean? No. no. Uh, what would it take to get me to run a marathon? Uh, that Powerball winnings. Would probably do it. You know, like the winning Powerball ticket not is at the even, end of this marathon. Not even Powerball I, would make me run a marathon. This is just funny. Just to get a medal, just to say I ran in a New York City marathon, I, I, I'm i sorry. Why could you steal one of Jack's? Does, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean anything. To me, at least, it doesn't. It just means that I trained really hard, and I ran 26.2 miles, and I'm never going to do it again. I, I fully believe in being someone who finishes what you started, but I don't know what, yeah, you accomplished just by to do it. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. But this is. That's a lot to go through to just say I did something. This is ironic, funny, whatever adjective you want to put in here. That The day we're taping this, um, one of my friends just posted on Facebook an article that she wrote for the Poughkeepsie Journal. She's from the Poughkeepsie area. She ran the New York City Marathon last year um, and started a nonprofit in honor of her friend who passed away from colon cancer and is doing it again this year. She's running the marathon for the second straight year. And she talked about how, you know, she ran well, and she that, was athletic and all that but, means something. But then, you know, like there were there were points along that race route where it was just like those getting up for those five AM runs and this and that, but all she had to think about was her friend Christine and Yeah. Uh, that, game mode on. That means something. Yeah. You know, that I could get behind. But you know, just to do it for your own selfish reasons, just to, you know, show your medals or I don't know. It, it to me, just to if you're a marathon runner and you do it like every year, okay. But if you just train for it one year and then just post about it on Facebook and Twitter, look what I did. Look at me, 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 me. Eh, I don't care. Yeah, you know it's funny too. I saw on 
somewhere that you know how they have those bumper stickers that like 13.1 and 26.2 like yeah. somebody called and was like 26.2 beers i drank last week you know exactly. like things like that like that's i agree. that's that's I, that's a challenge i can get behind i feel challenge accepted what do you got my friend just texted me by the way that said we'll do a shot for dusty roads next week <laughs> and i'm guessing did he pass dusty roads has died wow Breaking news. Baby, that's Christian. not cool, if you will. Breaking news on the Chris Sheeran show from two weeks ago. <laughs> wow. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, poor Dusty. Anyway, go ahead. On with The show must go on. I mean, uh, Vince McMahon never stopped me, the wrestling show for read, someone dying. Let me read wait. the question, and then I'm going to give you the pie chart on the back. Uh, are dangerous sports more fun to watch? Um most dangerous women's sports, percentage of all catastrophic injuries in high school and college, 7% gymnastics, 6% track. Soccer's going to be up there, I'm sure. 3% field hockey. That oh, yeah, too. 3% softball, 3% basketball, 10% all other sports, 66%. Can you guess? Softball? Cheerleading. Wow. Most catastrophic injuries. But are more dangerous sports more fun to watch? Yeah, all these cards have... By the way, at the back, yeah. like best nicknames in sports, the Chikutini, Chikutini Cucumber George Vezina. That was his nickname? Really? Vezina? It's a good thing you got a trophy named after yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Are dangerous sports more fun to watch? <laughs> yeah, because I'm a sadist. I watch auto racing hoping for the 27 car pileup. You're I'm George not gonna Carlin. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean... No disrespect to our friends in the NASCAR community and those of us, those from Pocono and Dover Raceways who had us, you know, join them in Trenton for their celebrity game. But I, I watch NASCAR to watch the hor- horrifying car accidents. I watch, I watch, you know, the X Games hoping one of those bike guys over rotates and lands on his face. I mean, it's, I'm sorry. That's, that's just, that's the appeal for me. I tend to not watch, I guess, more dangerous sports. I don't really. Watch cheerleading. <laughs> well, you're because, married with kids now, so oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, you might get to watch it in a few years. You never know. Football's dangerous. Oh, I, absolutely. I love watching football. You know, we've had this discussion because uh, we're trying to bring a junior into the world. My wife and I. Yes. And we've had this discussion, and she played soccer in high school. I played baseball. Played one year of football. Me too. Just and, one year. Yeah, and you know, she broke her ankle playing soccer, and has had issues with her legs and Ever stuff since. since. You know that that she definitely knows is attributed to mm-hmm. breaking your ankle. But I said to her, I was like, I would never not let my child do something I did. So I could never, I, I understand the like football concussions, this, that, the other thing. I understand all that, but I would never not let my kid play football. Cause I did. I only played one year and I hurt myself, but I did. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. Yeah. But like I said, you know, you're going to have your own issues cause you'll be the parents, the father of two teenage girls at the same time mm. for one year. So, yeah, I'll deal with it, though. I'll buy you a shotgun for your 50th birthday. Thank you. Next. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) This might be an easy one for you and definitely an easy one for me. Which Super Bowl loss most upset you? It's easy. The only one. The Ravens? Yeah. The only one? That's the only one I could think. Yeah. I mean, oh, not just that one. When I was growing up, you know. This is blasphemy for a Giant fan, but I was a Cowboy fan, and I grew up in the 70s. So watching them with Steelers? Watching them lose to the Steelers wasn't fun. Uh, watching, uh, what's his <clears> face? <throat> Who was the tight end? Jackie? For the Cowboys. I think it was before my time. Uh, who I could see him missing the damn ball from Staubach in the back of the end zone, sliding. and it, I mean, it was the ball hit between the 8 and the 1 in his jersey. Jackie Slater? Jackie Slater. Hit him right between the eight and one. Popped out. Incomplete. Cowboys lose. And Drew Pearson, who went to my high school, played baseball with my dad. He was on that team. So obvious reasons. That's yeah, that's understandable for being a Cowboy fan. And when Drew got into the bad car accident and his brother died and he couldn't play anymore, that's when I kind of made my transition over to the Giants. Central central and shore regions of Jersey there, there's a lot of I know a lot of people who are from that area that are Cowboys fans. Oddly yeah, enough. well, they st- they stayed with them. From your area of the world, yeah. And, uh, for me, obviously, as an Eagles fan, there's only been two in my lifetime, one of which was when I was barely a baby. So The Raiders. Yeah, that's the Raiders. So, obviously, McNabb puking in the huddle. The Patriots. The Patriots. 
Outside of that, though, I can say this. I really, 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 with a capital really wanted the Titans to win that Super Bowl against the Rams. Why? Why so bad did you want that to happen? Because the Houston Oilers were one of those teams when I was growing up that was Exciting and fun to watch. They were always in the playoffs. Bum Phillips. And then Frank Reich just... With his cowboy hat. Yeah, Frank Reich just victimized them in that playoff game yeah. against Buffalo. And, and they finally got there, and they built, and they moved, and they scratched, and they clawed. And Were they up 31-3 in that game? Yes. And, and they, they lost 34-31. Or 41-38. Yeah. 41-30. Oh, my God. We left. We were at my grandparents' house in Pennsylvania. The Oilers were up 31-3. We listened to the... It was a three-hour drive home. Yeah. By the time we got home, they, they lost. lost. I remember watching that game when I was whatever, 12, 13, whatever it was. Wow. But that, you know, you feel for you feel for Scott Norwood. Yeah. You know, not as a Giants fan maybe, but no. you feel for Scott Norwood. You feel for these guys that miss or make bonehead plays. But, yeah, I really wanted the Titans to win that Super Bowl. I don't know. I just Jeff Fisher seems like a – That was also the beginning. That was right there at the beginning of the Eagles – I mean, that was year two of the McNabb era. It was the 99 season, 2000 Yeah, Super so it was year one of the McNabb era. So it was right before they started, you know, their run of I was at Italians. that Super Bowl with NBC Sports. That's sat, who we beat in softball a couple weeks ago. Sat in the upper deck. With that story. I was, uh, I was, it was the Georgia Dome. I was in the other end zone, upper corner, upper deck in the press seats when who had the outstretched – was it Kevin Dyson? Dyson, when he had, his, we thought he scored, and our sports anchor Rob Nikoleski grew up a huge Rams fan, but when they were L.A., mm-hmm. he kind of softened when they moved to St. Louis. But it was kind, it was a thrill for him to see the Rams win that, and of course Dick Vermeil cried, and uh, yeah, so that's that's an interesting thing I've always known because you know growing and, up as a kid, a lot of my friends were Whalers fans because I lived in Connecticut. They moved to Carolina, and everybody kind of abandoned ship, you know? That's also the same Super Bowl where we checked all of our luggage in at the airport, and then my work cell phone rang back in those days when you had a work cell phone. Uh, We need you guys to stay at least an extra couple days. Uh, We just checked our baggage, and we don't have a hotel. Well, that's fine. Just just get a hotel room, and, and you could expense some new clothes or whatever. Ray Lewis. Got caught up in that yep, whole thing yep. in, in the Buckhead area, and mm-hmm. we covered it down at the NBC station uh, in Georgia, where we also heard the story about Kerry Sanders, who still, I think, I believe reports for NBC News, had this interview set up with Don Shula and goes to the airport. He's waiting on the tarmac. Shula gets hurried up the steps of the airplane. And he's about to get in the airplane, and Sanders loses it, goes ballistic, and says to, well, Mr. Shula's busy. He's got to get on the airplane. He said, you tell him to get the back down here. I've interviewed the Pope. If he thinks he's bigger than the Pope, you tell him I said that. Tell him to get back down here. Came back out, did the interview. Nobody's bigger than a Pope. I thought that was a great story. Except for other Popes. Anyway, let's see. Should there be a minimum age for participation in certain sports? There should not be a minimum age for participation in certain sports, but there should be an effort made to minimize certain aspects of certain sports before earlier age, i.e. six-year-old kids shouldn't be learning how to body check each other like they're Colton or, or Mike Rupp. Or kids that are 9, 10, and 11 shouldn't be breaking off curveballs or sliders or trying to throw nonsense when they're in Little League. Right. All right. We're in agreement there. That was kind of lame. But go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) Speaking of your cannonball run question, what's the fastest you've ever driven? Ooh, this is Yankee related. Ooh. Uh, 1996, MSNBC, where I worked, had their... um, Missed the book. Yeah, that. They had their... uh, when was it? It had to be in October. I think it was our launch party. We launched in July of 96, but we didn't have the launch party till October. World Series. And it was at it was game six. Mm. It was at the Liberty Science Center. 
in uh, Exit 14 yep, down in, in New Jersey. Jersey City. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right by the Statue of Liberty. Um, so I was in this position like, all right, I got to show my face. All the ball. Everybody's going to be there. You got to go. It's game six. They can clinch tonight. What am I going to do? All my friends are at the South River Pub where I grew up, cheering their heads off the whole game. I, we didn't, you know, the internet wasn't, you're not like on your phone checking scores. You couldn't do that. So I think someone had a TV somewhere and we're able to see where the game was at a certain point. I think it got to the fourth or fifth inning. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm out. I hopped in my Pontiac Sunfire. Ooh. <laughs> did it have a spoiler? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> I had a K car. I can't make I can't make it. Was, it was the poor man's Firebird. I didn't have the money to buy a Firebird or a Trans Am, so I bought the squished version, the Sunfire. Anyway, I digress. Proceeded to get on the New Jersey Turnpike and tried to beat Chuck Yeager's <laughs> sound barrier record. I pushed that little car as fast as I think I hit 110 in my Sunfire on the Turnpike. I didn't care if there were cops around. I needed to get to that bar to watch the end of that game with my friends. I got to the light at the intersection of the Old Bridge Turnpike and, oh, my God, I'm blanking on the other street. And it's the street my, my grandfather had a house on and I grew up in practically. I can't, it starts with a P and I, I, can't remember, I can't believe I can't remember it. But I got to that corner at a red light. John Sterling, Marion Rivera was in, in the eighth inning. Mm -hmm. uh, strikes out somebody. And it was one of those, struck him out swinging! You know, Yankees are about to come up. So it was the bottom of the eighth. Speed down the street, make the right onto Maine, find a parking spot, run into the pub. There was a circle of my friends. They see me and they lose their minds. <laughs> nice. <laughs> lose their minds. They're like, sure. They're loaded. I Remember, I haven't had anything to drink. I was at this stupid party and I knew I had to speed home. So I get there. Wetland comes in. Because what's worse than driving 110 miles an hour to get to the bar is doing it while already having been at the bar. Exactly. Yes. So I get there. Wetland comes in the top of the ninth, and we all know the call. Hayes under it. Because you can't hear anything Buck is saying because it's so the loud Yankees the are bar. champions of baseball. We, needless to say, for us, for my circle of friends, the last time they won it was in 78. The last time they were in it was in 81. And you were what three or four? And I was seven I or was, eight. I was four in seventy-seven yep. when they won. I was five in seventy-eight. So I really don't remember. Mm -hmm. And again, eight and eighty-one. Six, yeah. six when Munson died in seventy-nine, and eight and eighty-one. I don't re really remember that series mm -hmm. either. So it was a long drought for us for that one, and it felt so. Yeah. Damn I was good. I was a senior in high school and I remember watching it with a bunch of my friends at one of their one of their one of their houses their houses nuts for it mm -hmm. you know and then I was in college for ninety eight ninety two thousand which was pretty cool so we lost our voices I mean the next day we couldn't speak that's yeah. how loud we were when I got to the bar mine is not that cool driving home from school one year when my parents <laughs> live in Florida now uh -huh. driving home from school one year from Philly to to Florida. Just driving, we're in South Carolina, it's like 8, 9 o'clock at night, and we just followed a convoy of truckers, and my dad let me drive, because it was late at night, whatever, it's South Carolina. We were up to like 95, you know, just following a convoy of trucks. What it's kind of car? Uh, it was a Cadillac giant car, because I had a lot of, you know, oh, okay. had a lot of stuff, so my dad uh -huh. rented a giant car. But we were just following a convoy of truckers on like a Tuesday night in, in May. I and I I've driven about ninety five and was scared you know whatless <laughs> the entire two hours it took us to go through South Carolina, but we made it. All right. Uh, not, pretty tame, but I mean, you know, it's probably about it. Let's see. How many how many more can we do? Uh we're at ten. We're at ten. You started, so yeah. Twenty questions. What what is your imagined dream team basketball squad? 
Just for, five. For people our age, does it get starting any five. does it get any better than the ninety two dream team? I know, but starting five. Just give me a starting five. That's what it's asking. LeBron and Jordan. Okay. Are your two and three. Okay. Stockton at the point. Okay. Duncan at the four. And Olajuwon. Oof. That's a good one. And that's a tough choice between Olajuwon and Ewing. Or Shaq. That is an excellent But Olajuwon had... Yeah. Olajuwon was better defensively than Shaq. Absolutely. Obviously. And... Better offensively, too. Yeah. And on that team, I think he'd work better with Duncan than Ewing would. I'm sitting here racking and I'm only, my brain. I'm only obviously including players that I've seen play right. a good chunk of the crowd. Right. I, mean, I could say Bob Cousy and, you know. You say Havlicek. Yeah, Chamberlain and Russell, but, yeah. Um, I didn't see Maravich either. Stockton's a great choice at point guard. Um, well, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain. I don't, I don't want to give the same lineup, that, but LeBron and, and Jordan are obvious choices. Yeah. They're in there. Uh, so there's two. My point guard... Wow, who would my point guard be? Growing up, who who was? Oof. I don't know. Besides Stockton, who really dominated? Exactly. You, I mean, you, can, I mean, you nailed it. There's, I mean, there's a couple of choice. You know, Magic. I mean, you know, magic, you could throw on there. Yeah, like, but he played every position. Yeah. I mean, see, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking with mine is that LeBron and Jordan, or LeBron and Jordan, can take over a game. Either one of them. So to have Stockton, who's a pass-first, he could score too, but he's a pass-first point guard. I mean, he's one of the all-time leaders yeah. assists. Duncan's that quiet double-double machine down low, and Olajuwon so, playing defense on the block. Just to be different, I mean, I'll go Magic, Jordan, LeBron, Duncan, and Ewing, just for sentimental reasons. Either one of those teams would win yeah, a championship. Absolutely. Ooh, here's a good one for question numero 12. Do you agree or disagree with Charles Barkley's turbo assessment that athletes are not role models? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be a politician on this one. I'm going to flip flop. I'm going to go right down the middle. Can you do this? That's that's what they all do when they want to make a point that they're lying through their teeth. If, If you see the thumb bent. Senator Tim Calhoun. Obama. That was a Doug Williams favorite. Senator Tim Calhoun. Let's catch on SNL. Um, I agree and I disagree with that. Um, I, I think athletes, for better or for worse, are role models. They don't ask to be, but that's who kids look up to. You're thrust and into that spotlight. Especially, you know, not, not everybody grows up in the true sense with a nuclear family. You know, sometimes there's yeah. no father. Sometimes there's no mother. Kid, and nowadays, sometimes there's two of one and zero of the other. Yeah, right. So kids really don't have that, you know, if... if there's two moms. Kids don't really have that male figure to look up to. So they pick a sports role model yeah. or, you know, and, and I don't think the players really look at themselves. as th- I think some do. I think Derek Jeter did. I think he, he wanted everything just to be done the right way. Uh, there's, there's some guys like that, but other guys, they don't, they don't give a, you know, what about what, people think of them they just go out and do their job get paid cash to check and and they be you know they're themselves uh lebron james i don't think has a choice because of just how good he is and you know michael jordan didn't grow up in the twitterverse uh lebron does so he has to watch his rear end at all costs and he has to live that role model role because if he doesn't his name no matter what he does on the basketball court even if he won that title he did or he didn't. <laughs> um, that was a hell of a parade I missed in Cleveland or saw, too. Or Oakland. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm going to go right down the middle. I think he's right to say it. But at the same time, I think they are without actually he, yeah, adhering here's, to it. Here's my thoughts on this because it's it's an interesting conundrum. You grow up and say, you know, Gatorade did a Like Mike commercial, Right. You ever seen a Gatorade commercial that said, like, if I could be like Matthew Delavadova, I want to be, I want to be like Del- No, you don't, right? Because people 
aspire to be the best. Right. So people want to be LeBron. People want to be Jordan. People want to be Derek Jeter. There's not a lot of people out there in the world that have ever said, you know, I want to be Chris Young. And that's not a knock on Chris Young. He's a very good baseball player. He's a professional baseball player and has been for a long time. But, why, you know, you'd rather be Mike Trout, right? You'd rather be Derek Jeter. So I think, the, you know, pe- with athletes, the higher you go, yes, you're thrust into that spotlight. On the other hand, my thought is anybody can be a role model if you aspire to be. You know, your dad could be your hero. Your uncle could be your hero. Right. You know, the the guy who's been the hardworking police chief or fireman in your, you know, in your neighborhood for years can be your your hero, your role mm-hmm. model. And within any with any within any subsection of people, athletes included, there are people who you shouldn't look up to. I would not recommend anyone idolizing Dennis Rodman or even Charles Barkley, who has some issues with gambling and other things in his career that have been documented. Yeah, but I don't think he so looks at himself as a role he, model. He doesn't, and that's fine. I think <clears throat> there, you know, athletes who have any kind of talent yep. that's sustainable are thrusted into a role model role. Exactly. Uh, whether they like it or not, that's just what happens. Look within, look within just our own studio. There may be kids growing up who want to be like you or Bob or Jack Somebody who plays, you know, plays or played baseball or, you know, Flash or Kenny or or Mm -hmm. Coney or or Michael or anybody. You know, I grew up watching wrestling. I wanted to be a broadcaster. One of my heroes was Gorilla Monsoon. Mm -hmm. That's that's back when I watched it. Right. So, you know what? I'm sure there's kids who grew up watching, playing baseball. They're Yankees fans. They're Mets fans who their idol, their hero is Michael Kay, is Gary Cohen, is Howie Rose, is Kenny Albert. Is Sam Rosen is yada 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 on down the line? As Mark Malusa says, if you can't play it, talk it. Right. It's really anybody can be a role model if what you aspire to be is where they are. How many are we up to? With this the is thir- just, this with is the ones thir- I just gave you to. This is thirteen. Okay. What's the most difficult sporting activity you've ever taken part in? Difficult for me. Yeah. Oh, skiing. I did it once, and it, no, I'm just too big for that. I There's did, too much momentum going down that hill. I did it a handful of times, and I'd have to concur. Uh, and the one day it was a sheet of ice, and I must have fell at least, not an even exaggeration, like 35 to 40 times. And I'll say this. Learning to play baseball as a kid and learning to play golf as a 30-year-old, like that was tough to Curling. I went curling up at Wonderland of Ice in Bridgeport for my birthday last year. And it looks like so much fun on TV, and it looks like that is hard. You know what else is hard? The most difficult mountain bike competition in the world is the La Ruta de los Conquistadores. It's the route of the conquerors. It's four days, <clears throat> 250 miles, a four to 5,000 foot climb. Oh, Jesus. Across the wilds of Costa Rica. So I 22 think miles that has away. A, that has a speed. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got to give those to you. Get yourself a new map. Oh, have you ever cheated? Of course. <laughs> There's pine tar I, in my hat I every cheated, Sunday. I cheat at Monopoly. <laughs> What's your favorite sports song? My favorite sports song. You know, they don't play it anymore because he was brought up on pedophilia charges, but the Hey Song. <laughs> Rock and Roll Part 2. By Gary Glitter. Yeah, they kind of 86 that from all the arenas. Because you know we live in a PC world. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's probably my favorite. That and we will rock. You never go. You can, you can never be steered wrong by that. Uh, yes, I own all the jock jams. Get off my back. <laughs> this this is an easy one for me, despite the fact that I grew up as a Knicks fan in the nineties. The intro to "Eye in the Sky" by Alan Parsons Project, the Chicago Bulls oh, yeah, theme song. Yeah, yeah, that's tremendous too. Uh, also, "Real American." What is when? Yeah, I, I have that on my gym mix. So do I, and I can't, if I'm on the treadmill and I'm slugging through it and that comes out, I can't not want to rip my shirt and just run. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. Uh, what's the Blackhawks goal song? My least favorite, by the way, yeah. at this point is the YMCA. Yeah, that's terrible. What, Sorry. What's the, do you know? Da, Chelsea da, da, Dagger. Da, 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 that's Chelsea, Chelsea Dagger. Chelsea Dagger by the Fratellis. I love that. If the Rangers were in it, I wouldn't love it so much. No. But the, the, being that the Lightning is getting a, a hefty dose of it, I do love it. Uh, I actually texted Sarah Kustak before game four 
Uh, we know who the winner is, but we don't know because this is pre-taped. But maybe I'll, I'll have to hear people of the future. <laughs> um, I'm going to text Sarah before every Stanley Cup game. Hopefully that's the ticket to get the lightning out and the Blackhawks another cup. I know she's done work for the Blackhawks yeah. in the past. Yeah, I, she I'm was assuming there. she's a Blackhawks fan too, being from yes. Chicago. Or she whole was life their and, side ice reporter and get, had that. CSN and you've seen Chicago. You've seen the video of the guy like fawning all over yes. while he takes a center ice. Yes, shot. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yes, I did. Whose turn is it? It's you. And it's it's number, number fifteen. Number fifteen. As we wind down this magic hour, I feel like the movie Roxanne when he has to go through the different ways to insult his nose. Remember that? <laughs> yep. What's the most you'd pay? Oh, this is this is a dicey one. What's the most you'd pay for tickets for a sporting event? Whatever it costs the next time the Philadelphia Eagles make the Super Bowl. Whatever it costs me to get there. That's a fair answer. Um, I, 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 I think it's safe to say, unless the tickets are given to me, I'm not going. Because that's how ridiculous the tickets are. And even if, if the Giants were in the Super Bowl and I had a chance to buy the tickets... And they were, you know, two to five thousand dollars. I'm watching on TV. I'm just, I'm not going. I'm not spending. It's the example I always give everybody. Rock and Roll Part Two is number five on the best sports song. Oh, on the read them off. By the way. Uh, Eye of the Tiger. Okay. Uh, we will rock you. Yeah, I had that one. Chariots of Fire. No. And take when me. Where were out these cards printed in 1985? <laughs> the source is Bleacher Report. So okay. take it with a grain of salt. Take me out to the ball game in the Rock and Roll Part Two. Okay. Somehow. Criminally left out in that group, I guess if it counts as a sports song, I, I don't know. But criminally left out in that group is um, pretty much anything from the Rocky movies. Yeah, yeah. Anything Other than Eye of the Tiger. Anything of that comes on the uh, iPod and uh, or my iPhone, I should say. There's no more iPod in my life. But anyway, like I was saying, it, it, I liken it to, you know, if I'm going to go to a Broadway show, I know I'm going to get A-list talent. And the show's going to be tremendous. I'm not spending. And look, if I'm going to buy them, I'm not going triple digits even. I'm not even getting into that area. If they're that much, they're be, they better be given to me because I'm not ever going to spend that much money on a ticket. I know I'm going to get a great show on Broadway. You know what I don't know? Is that I'm going to drop five grand on two tickets to the Super Bowl, and the Giants are going to get pasted? Yeah. And I, well, it's the Super Bowl. It's the experience. No, the hell with you. If I'm spending five grand, I want my team to win. See, that's the thing is, we both grew up fans of teams and in an area where we're not hurting for championships. Nor is Boston. No. Nor is no. L.A. Or Chicago, for that matter. How much do you? How much do you think people in Cleveland? I we know what happened again, but we're taping this before. But yeah. say Cleveland's up three two, going back for game six. Yeah, I mean, how much would Cavs fans pay to get into the queue? I, I you hear know, you. like so. It's, I, I hear for you. me, the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. It's like I said, it's happened once. In, I'm 35 years old. I was 34 when we taped it. I'm 35. But now. you know what? If if the Cavaliers organization gouges, like if there's a price gouge for those tickets, it's not even a price gouging. It's I mean, we've talked. I've talked about this with Brielle when we were looking at Rangers tickets going into They're the playoffs. Ridiculous! People are selling them on StubHub for six, seven times the already two or three times prices. But for some people, it's worth it to be there. Nope. Not I me. mean, well, they have the money. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Have some people a, that don't have the money do it too. I, mean, I, I don't have a mortgage payment to go see a freaking professional sporting event. I'm sorry. It's some other never people don't happen. too, but it's you never know. It's never. Gonna What's happen. funny is the question I pulled for number sixteen, but we'll make it fifteen days. What's the most you've paid for a ticket to a sporting event? And I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is because I don't pay attention. I, I know I paid one hundred and twenty dollars to sit in row ZZ in the right field upper deck for Game One of the '96 World Series. I think I paid. $70 a piece, 140 for the pair, for game seven, 2003, and I was sitting in the, the boon game? sitting in the section where the ball landed. There were three rows of Red Sox fans behind me who were talking trash the whole game. When that, well, they had a right to for the first four innings. As soon as that ball landed fair, they left. I stood up on my seat. And the profanities that proceeded to come out of my mouth are still hanging in a cloud over Lake Michigan. Dang. They 
and you know, that's the only time in my life, this is honest to God, that I've walked out of a stadium giddy and walked by fans who were sobbing, mm-hmm. sobbing, crying, full out, full bore Red Sox fans weeping, not crying, weeping. And that turned out to be the darkest before the dawn for yeah, them, that in 2004. Exactly. But, you know, it all depends on timing, too. I mean, like I said, I paid $120 to go see game one of the 96 World Series, but those tickets now are $120. Yeah. Like, it just, it's, you know, I paid $150 to go see an Eagles game last year where the face was 65 I, don't I mean, it's think... just, it's, it's, and that was just, I got tickets, you know, you get tickets off the secondary market. It all depends yeah. on, on. I don't think I ever paid anything triple digits. Question number 16 is legitimately, though, mine. Should athletes stop playing their sport after one head injury? I don't, well, I don't think it's our decision. I think no. if they wanted to do it, fine, but who are we to tell them what to do? It's their body. If they want to keep playing, keep playing. Yeah. I, I would agree. I mean, sometimes head injury, you know, head injuries, injuries happen. Head injuries are very serious. Not to downplay and say it's the same thing as a sprained arm or a separated shoulder, but they're choices. You know that the individual has to make. Yeah. Now, people could um, counsel them and and you know right. try to push them in one way, but if they don't want to listen, that's yeah. their prerogative. If they don't want, if they want to play, they keep playing. Yeah, I agree. Is sexism still a factor in high school and collegiate sports? And on the back of this, the median salaries for NCAA Division I head coaches, uh, 916.4 for men, 646.2 for women. And, and that skewed highly by because Gino of Gino Emma and, and Pat Summit. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Yeah. So that's 17? Yeah. Is sexism still a factor? It's still a factor in everyday life. I don't see why it wouldn't be there. Yeah. I mean, you're still you're still I, I here mean, in equal pay for women uh, across Twitter, and can't say I disagree. Uh, if you're doing the same job, you should be getting paid the same. Look at the, of money. I mean, look at the difference in contrast between the NBA and the WNBA. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's. You just almost had a mad. Day. I mean, <laughs> that's for the fan to decide. That's sounded like Caliendo there. Question number eighteen. <laughs> What's your favorite Super Bowl commercial? Not nah, stupid. Yeah, surfing. <laughs> They're not all winners, folks. What's the best tailgating setup you've ever seen? I have a good one for this. That's why I. Um, I and then we have one more each, and we've reached the magic hour. Look at that. I don't go to a lot of games, so I can't really answer that. So, this isn't sports-related tailgating, but this is tailgating temple football tailgates are a lot of fun because it's a lot of mm-hmm. drunk college kids playing cornhole and i went to a division whatever. three school so there you go <laughs> this is six or seven years ago now my buddy disco and i went to go see kid rock and leonard skinner to jones beach disco his last name is disco d-i-s-c-k-o not even kidding all right i also know a guy's last name is martini so yeah so Disco and I go to see Kid Rock and Skinner at Jones Beach. Mm-hmm. And it was a day like, it, I think it was like the Sunday Labor Day weekend. It was, it was, a, it was definitely a holiday kind of time. But it was like overcast and kind of rainy and like just not a great day. And it rained during the day. So <laughs> we both had like sedans at the time. So Disco borrowed his mom's car. Right. His mom's Jeep to drive. And we had like. You know, one of those Coleman portable, like, you can survive in the wilderness for a day if you had two grills Mm -hmm. with, like, a package of burgers and a 30-rack of Bud Light. And we're just going to hang out, have a few burgers, listen to Kid Rock and Skinner on the uh, CD, not even the iPod, and and go on. The people next to us proceed to come in with this – I can't even call it a tent because it was more of, like, a village. They had – Two or three pickup trucks bound by, like, four spots. And they set up this giant tent. They pull out, like, they're doing lobsters. Like, they've got hot plates and propane, and they're doing lobsters, and they got, like, a six-foot wedge and all this stuff. So here we are standing, like, ten feet away from them, like, in the rain, grilling hamburgers on a tabletop grill underneath the the trunk hood of a 97 Grand Cherokee. And they're like, the guy's like, dudes, y'all should come on over here. And we proceeded to party like rock stars for the next three hours under these guys. It was ridiculous for a concert. 
That's extra credit for them. I mean, that was that was something else. All right. Remember how we talked about tennis? You know where we want to play our favorite sports. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're going to go back to tennis. Okay. <laughs> Pardon my laughter. Should a rule be made against loud grunting in tennis? <laughs> Actually, I would say yes. I mean, it's kind of distracting. It's kind of hot. Okay, here. Sometimes, but it's kind of distracting. Um, Michelle <laughs> Michelle Larcher DeBrito uh, clocked in at 109 decibels. She's a tennis player, I'm assuming. Yes, and a snowmobile is at 105. A cement mixer is 100 decibels. Maria Sharapova's scream was 101. See, it's kind of hot when Maria Sharapova or somebody like that does it because it's kind of like primal. Like A lawnmower is at know. 90 decibels. Monica Seles is at 93.2. Now, some of the best matches were when Gabriella Sabatini played Monica Seles. And I'm going to do my impression for everybody right now. You ready? <laughs> Go for it. It was great. <laughs> it was like that's. It was like you were watching. That's also the soundtrack to the next Vivid Video a production. Certain apparently, type of movie. <laughs> but you, there was tennis going on. <laughs> if you want kids, and I'm serious, go on YouTube. And if you think my impression is off for a, a second, go on YouTube. See if you could find a Sabatini Monica Seles match and listen to it. It's yeah. It's 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 pornographic almost. It is. Uh, Do we right. think a rule should be made? I don't think so. I think it's hot. Sometimes, but it takes away from the game because it's every shot. It's like it's yeah. almost like a part of the repertoire. It's it's yeah, but it's I like it. Lame. Uh, so here's my last bit. Funny as I pulled, are you interested in sports played by the opposite sex? After we talked about the WNBA and then women's <laughs> tennis, uh, yes, I'm yes, interested. We in, are. I'm interested very well in women's beach volleyball and gymnastics. I, was just I gonna, am a male. I was just going to say volleyball. I mean, yeah. talk about sexism in sports. There it was right there. Hello. So. Uh, here's number 20, and then question number 21, the bonus round, oh, okay. is here because it's one that I knew was yeah. in there, but I was going to – I was hoping we pulled it. My last question is, if you were a player, mm-hmm. any sport, whatever, mm-hmm. which coach would you want to play for? Wow. Let me go through the sports. Basketball, Bobby Knight. That's easy. Matt Stucco, by the way, our video producer, his, his answer would be John Wooden, John Wooden, John Wooden, and John Wooden. Okay. If you ever had a conversation with about John Wooden, you'd understand. Okay. Why. Anyway, go ahead. So basketball is Bobby Knight. Football, Parcells. Basketball, Phil Jackson. Professional, NBA basketball. Professional yeah. basketball, Phil Jackson. Uh, hockey, Scotty Bowman. What am I missing? Baseball? Baseball and college football. Baseball, Woody Hayes, college football, and baseball, it's a toss-up between Casey Stengel and Billy Martin, just because I want to know what it's like, just because I want to know what it's like to be in that atmosphere. Let's run through those those six, and I'll throw in a seventh bonus one. Baseball, growing up as a kid, seeing the way it was, there's no doubt in my mind for me it would be Tony La Russa. Okay, that's a good one. Um, NBA basketball, Phil. Yeah. Um, it's a no-brainer for us. Close second for Red Auerbach. Yeah, but, but that, I mean, yeah, Phil's but a Phil, no-brainer. I mean, yeah. Uh, baseball, basketball, football, NFL football. John Madden. I think that would be Lombardi too. Be interesting, Lombardi. Yeah, but yeah. John. I think John Madden. There'd be something fun about playing for yeah, John Madden because you get to see him. Before Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, you, you'd get to see him before his Madden. But right, I mean, he was a right. great X's and O's. Co- yes, I mean, he was. you know, um, hockey might be a surprising answer, but he's a higher gun. But I think it'd be a lot of fun or interesting to play for Mike Keenan. Yeah. Um, with a close second being, if you want to talk about someone who's just believes in his system and ran it into the ground and now has done it elsewhere, Barry Trotz. I mean, yeah. look what he did in Nashville and then now in Washington this year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a guy. 
Uh, college basketball, I mean, it's funny. You kind of have to say John Wooden, but uh, Gino Auriemma. Yeah. You trying to go back on the sexism? No, no. I mean, Gino <laughs> Auriemma is a guy who believed in his system from day one and turned UConn into a powerhouse. Yeah. Um, the- a close second, honestly, would be Coach K. As much as I hate Duke as a, as a Carolina yeah, I hate coach, Duke too. Coach, coach K is a good one, but I I've always wanted to play for Bobby Knight. Call me crazy, but I did. No, it's 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 that's. I mean, there's a lot of guys right there. College football. I mean, so many great coaches in so many different spots and so many different Saban, time Meyer. periods. Yeah, I, I think the one for me, Parsegian. Just because of the way he was back then and how respected he was and Bear where he Bryant. came from, I. I I kind of want to play for Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz is a good one. And I'm going to give you the bonus seventh mm-hmm. for a team sport not too many people really think about Across. or seem to care about. No. What if you were to play soccer? I mean, look what Jurgen Klinsmann's done for the U.S. national yeah. team. I mean. Yeah. That's where my knowledge would stop on that, though. Yeah. Sorry to say. I, again, that is what it is. And, of course, Steve Clark, Icon International Softball. I shouted him out a couple weeks ago. The last question is we've reached our magic hour, and there's one I was hoping would come up but because <clears throat> it's a fun answer. What is the hardest job in sports? My answer might shock you. Mm. I saw this card before. That's why I was hoping it came you up. You mean athlete or job covering? What is the hardest job in sports? I mean, you could say goalie in Game 7 of a Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, you know. The hardest job in sports. Quarterback of the Super Bowl. Starting pitcher in a Game 7 World Series. Because Goalie in a Game 7, somewhere along those lines? Because it begins and ends with With you. you. It doesn't, you know, you can't control the offense. You've got to control nine guys on the other team. I think that beyond everything to me. My answer right now, I mean, our our job is hard too, covering it because you're always reactive. You know, athletes, it's their job to go out and play. And obviously they get paid to play at a high level, but it's our job to be reactive to things and, you know, managers and coaches. I think the hardest job in sports is head coach of a men's Division I college basketball team. Because imagine having a job, especially if you're Coach Calipari or somewhere along those lines, you're starting over every year. Yeah, but I think it's a lot easier for him than it is. It's for, a lot easier for him, yes. But like you know, the head coach at Missouri. <laughs> right. You're you're basically starting over every year. Players going early. You only need to be one year out of high school to go to the NBA draft. There is nothing, there is not a single thing that is concrete about your job from year to year right. other than you are in it. But that guy's the movie Blue Chips every year. Calipari, yes. But, like, for him, because he, he recruits the one-and-dones. But, like, think of think of a guy like Coach K, for instance, in this era of one-and-dones, that he's still got guys that are coming to Duke for three, four years. He's putting together national championships. Now, obviously, Okafor is going to be the number one pick or number two pick, and he's going after Jones. year. Right. So there's guys that, you Justice know, Winslow. Corey Maggette and Elton Brand were kind of the first to be the, like, right. as soon as we can leave, we're out. And yet he's still producing quality basketball teams, teams that are at the top of their conference, the top of the entire Division One every year, won the national championship. But yet even he knows, like, he's got a guy like Okafor. It's not going to be back. So it's like you almost have to you have to look to the future while also adjusting for the present and say, all right, we're going to take this guy now and know he's gone, but now next year I'm going to have to recruit another center. They probably already have a plan in place already. Yeah, you know. They, so the, the recruiting it, the X's and O's on yeah. the court, it's it's you're it's a different team every year. I think the established coaches have a better handle on it. I yeah. do agree with you though, because as a Division One head basketball coach, how many teams are you competing with? To recruit, especially if you're a <laughs> mid-major, yeah, and you know if you're recruiting the same kid Duke is recruiting, and they have the grades to get into Duke, yeah. guess what? Because you know what, you look at a guy like Greg Marshall, who's at Wichita State forever. He built that team into a powerhouse. Why would you leave? Yeah, Keno Davis did the same thing at Drake, I think it was, or Creighton, or wherever it was, and then went to Providence and flopped. 
because Brady Hoke at Michigan, you know, same thing with building San Diego State up for one year. It's very easy in those sports, especially in the lower and mid or majors, to build a powerhouse for a year or two, but Gonzaga. Why yeah. would Mark Few ever leave Gonzaga? Exactly. There's no reason to. He took that team from like a quote-unquote Cinderella story, yep. rated 12th or higher in the uh, tournament. He's made them now a one or two seed. Yeah, they're a Final Four contender they're every year. They're a Final Four contender He, every he year. did for Gonzaga what Gina Oriema did for UConn yeah. women's basketball, what Jim Calhoun did for UConn men's basketball, which Coach K did at Duke, and so on and so on down the line. You know, I mean, why would you ever leave? Sure, could he make more money going to Michigan, Iowa, somewhere like that? Sure. Could he get more prestige? Would he have a, you know, all that? Yes. Would he have a better shot at winning a national title every year? Probably not. And he has his, he probably has his recruiting footprint down pat. Yeah. With that pipeline that you talked mm-hmm. about. So, yeah, there's no reason for him to leave. Yeah. They'll take care of him. He's took he's taking care of that school. They'll mm-hmm. take care of him. You don't want to be a guy like, you know, you look at Ed Cooley, the head coach of Providence, who was at Fairfield prior to the Stags. Prior to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or you look at my high school history teacher and women's basketball coach in the lower Connecticut area extraordinaire, Joe Frager. Led uh Southern Connecticut State University to a D two women's title, moved up to Fairfield. Didn't really work out, you know? Yeah. You build yourself into a powerhouse. Lou, they always say it. The grass isn't always greener. It's true. Anyway, this was fun. Yeah. And we reached the magic hour. We did. We're past the magic hour of power. So we'll be back maybe next week, depending on scheduling, because when I get back from vacation versus time. We'll play it by ear. If not, we'll be back on July 9th-ish. Yeah. And we'll have a lot to cover at that point, most likely, depending on what happened or didn't happen in the week between when we're taping this and when it airs. Yes. Uh, And it'll be right on the cusp, as it were, of the All-Star game. So for DP, this is Shirney saying so long, everybody. We'll see you next time here on The Chris Sheeran Show.